Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. Breakfast with Tim Payne and Brent Costello. new SEN Tassie Breakfast thanks to Harrison Agents, Tasmanian real estate experts. My name is Brent Costello. It's great to be here bringing you a fresh new show, but it's not me you're here for. It's the man sitting opposite me. And uh, don't get us wrong, it's going to be a fun, fun time. Tim Payne, good morning to you. Good morning, Brent. Good morning, everyone. How exciting is this? So I'm up and about, so I'm sure you are as well. And we're here for the same reason. We're passionate about Tassie sport and yep. we look forward to deep diving into that. We'll be across national and international stuff too. But the four hours we're on each week, we're looking forward to talking all things Tassie sport. Yeah, we certainly are. It's going to be a huge focus. We want to shine the light, obviously, on our, on our local leagues. Um, we've got some young talent. Actually, today, first up, we've got Oscar Prichard from the Tasmanian under-18 hockey team. So, yeah, local talent, um, local sporting competitions um, and anything big that's going on around the country as well. Absolutely. We've got a really big uh, show ahead, as you said. You alluded to some of the people we've got on, Painty, but also Jack Jabber's head coach, Scott Roth, live from the United States. Also, Tasmania's AFL club inaugural chair, Grant O'Brien, will join us. And also in the first hour, we'll hear from SEN tennis expert Brett Phillips about Carlos Alcaraz's big win over the Joker at Wimbledon overnight. That was huge. Of course, you, the audience, we also want you to be a very important part of the show, and we'd love to hear from you on the Kia Tassie open line, 1342 1533 Hobart Kia movement that inspires. You can also text us on 0437 We're also on Twitter and Instagram at SEN Tassie, and you can find us on Facebook and TikTok. I know you've been all over the TikTok pony over the weekend trying (laughs) to pump yourself up. Uh, First off today, though, something we'll do at the start of every show, a little segment we've titled, or you've titled, The Preamble. We have. We'll steer away from sport for the first 10 minutes of each show or so and see what's happening in each other's lives. Uh, First of all, how nice is it to be here in our palatial surrounds at the Salamanca Studios? We thank our good friend Damon Wise, who set us up beautifully here. Yeah, not sure about you, but uh, I'm used to rolling out of Salamanca about six a.m. Not rolling into Salamanca well, at six a.m. It did feel a little bit weird. I must admit, I popped across the road to get a coffee at Banjo's and, and strolling out of uh, of Salamanca at this time of the morning brought back some memories. <laughs> um, in a much better state than I am normally, um, but yeah, it's fantastic. The studio we've been set up here is brilliant. Um, I'm looking forward to getting stuck into it. Absolutely. Well, let's start with you. What the hell have you been up to? Because um, we know you announced your retirement from first-class cricket, yep. uh, what was it, uh, earlier this year? I can't remember. No, now. I can't remember either, to be honest. <laughs> End of last season, anyway. Yeah. How are you? What have you been doing? Um, well, if I said I was busy, I'd probably be misleading everyone <laughs> at the moment. I haven't been up to a hell of a lot. Um, I've spent a little bit of time, actually, this week, just starting to, to edit a bit of audio, Brent, actually. I've picked up a bit of your stuff, which we're going to start the preamble oh, yeah. with. As you said, we want to steer away from sport as much as we can the first half an hour of the show. Um, and I've been able to get hold of some audio from our, our friends, actually, Flash and uh, and Jeevesy and, and AJ, who I must say have done a fantastic job um, keeping SEN Tassie flying since we've... They um, have. We've been on. I've been on holiday for about twelve months from SEN, <laughs> um, and while SEN was trying to get the big fella yourself to sign on, so thank you to those. I know I copped a bit of stick for not reaching out to them and apologising like you did, but um, if I can just get a little bit of audio on Brent, that would be fantastic. You know, such as Breno's big heart, he, he you know reached out to everyone involved in oh, SEN, and, you know, apologised for you know the, the reshuffling and um, no you need know, to apologise for brilliance. Is what it? I said to him. No. I'm like, mate, what an opportunity! Don't apologise for being a superstar. Didn't hear from Payne. Um, no apologies from Tim, but that that'll come, I'm sure. 
Well, it has come. Um, it's come this morning live on air. But firstly, I want to apologise for the, the quality of audio. I'm not sure what <laughs> happened there, Hammer, our producer, if that was just the radio itself or if the boys are uh, telecasting that in a uh, – broadcasting that, sorry, in a, in a wind tunnel. Um, but Flash and Jeezy, I, I do want to apologise, and AJ, um, but – on behalf of myself and Brent, because what what actually originally happened was I spoke to Brent and said, look, I think it'd be a good idea, you being the guy that's come on board and, and broken everything up here at SEN, if you reached out on behalf of the Tim Payne and Brent Costello breakfast show. You um, told me that, did you? Well, one of the things you wanted from Hutchie when you came on board was leadership role of this <laughs> this show. You yeah. wanted to be the boss. And I said, no worries, even though you probably haven't got a lot of leadership experience <laughs> Do in you? the past. What have you done I've in the past? I've got a little bit. I've got a little bit. Um, and to, to then hear that, where you've just gone and looked after yourself and effectively thrown me straight under the bus um, with with our co-hosts. Another I, show. I knew, I'm a bit disappointed in you. I knew you couldn't give a stuff about them, to be brutally honest. I knew you wouldn't want to apologise. So I did it on behalf of myself. I did, and I did feel bad that we've had to shift things around a little bit and people are being um, moved to different time slots. So just trying to do the right thing. And yep. I apologise then if I, I, I should I have agree. included you. You should have done that, but it should have been a team okay. call. It's one in all in all right. on this show from now on in, okay? that all you got? No, I've got one <laughs> more bit of audio. This is probably my favourite bit, actually, if we can just cue the next bit. To you, Blair, who started me on this journey back in 2011, and I can't thank you enough for that. We only had a year together before you took off to Queensland, but I'm so glad you were able to rejoin the show over the last few years. You make me laugh like nobody else, and working with you is one of the biggest things I'll miss about leaving the show. Thanks, mate. Finally, to you, the audience. You will be front up every Saturday, and we never take your listenership for granted. Thanks for sharing some of your precious time on a weekend with us for the past decade. Speak now, Tim. <laughs> I'm going to have to wipe the tears away myself, Brett. Now, I'm not sure how to take that because I know for a while SEN have been coming after you. I know you left a long list of demands that you wanted written into your contract. Uh, I know you got them. Because you, you, you were Then I hear you on air in tears after you've come on SEN. You've had a huge step forward in your own career. You've had, and this could be correct or incorrect, but my sources tell me you've signed <laughs> the third biggest contract in SEN history <laughs> behind yeah. only Jared Waitley and, and Kane Corns. And you. <laughs> You're now a commentator on SEN and AFL Nation. You've got this fantastic new studio. Mm -hmm. You've gone on to a show that's going to give you national and international exposure. Uh, you're also on a show now, you've gone from... HO, where you were on a show with a non-famous brother of the family to the famous brother of the family. <laughs> and as I said, you wanted the leadership of this team, which you've been given. Everything's been ticked off. And then we see that sort of performance live on air. Now, I'm not sure if it was crocodile tears as some of the things I've been told from people that have been flooding my inbox with messages, but uh, someone that got everything they wanted and then to put on that performance, um, I think it's actually why we got you here. You're a terrific performer. You're done? Can that, I that'll do for now. Oh, good. Well, I'm, I'm glad you brought up working as a team because I want to start with a few things about you as well. Uh, I would have much preferred to be in the seven to nine time slot. Would have rolled yep. nicely into Jared's show. No yep. hour gap we need to fill between eight and nine. Could you tell the audience why we're on between six and eight, please? Uh, no, that was just the hours I was given, I think. Was it? Yeah. I, that, that's I'm not, not my sure. mail at all. I don't do the... the um, what do you call it? I don't can, do the time you, slots, Brent. I just come Please in. tell the truth while we're on 6 to 8. Um, 
Is yeah, it, I'd, I'd like to be home for school pickup, right. uh, drop off if that's, that's okay. That's really yeah. cute. Well done, date of the year. Thank you. Um, also, the station kindly sent through all our show dates for the next twelve months. Could you tell us why we're not on air over one of the busiest periods for sport here in Tasmania in December and January? Uh, it's Christmas. It's time to oh, I didn't request Christmas holidays. Didn't you? I think it's a great time to work. Sydney Hobart, okay. Jack Jumpers, Big Bash. All it's it's all on. We yep. should be on air during that period. Well, feel what, free what? to do it, mate, and you can have someone else in here. I'll be on. I'll be on Christmas holidays. <laughs> um, and because you are such a team player, I'm looking forward to sharing the beautiful new Kia with you, week on, week off yep. arrangement. Is that what we're doing? Yeah, yeah. I would have thought so. Oh, good. Um, no problems. No, at you're all not there. just taking that over no, yourself. No, it's a company car. It's it's for everyone at good. SCN. Oh, is it? I look forward to having a drive of that later. On. I might take it home today. <laughs> That's fantastic. And let's be real too, please. Tim Payne does not work for free, so you can bang on about my deal all your life, but I saw my contract quicker than you did. There was a lot of negotiations going on with you, so let's just be clear about that, please. Anyway, let's straighten up because uh, we've got a lot to get through this morning, and what have you been up to, seriously, because I know you've been in Brisbane recently working with the Australian Under-19 team. Tell us about that role. Yes, I've uh, started a role with Cricket Australia, um, probably for the next two to three years, a more sort of coach development role, so really lucky um, to be back involved with Cricket Australia. Um, yeah, and it, it's sort of working across a number of their high-performance programs, basically, um, from under-19s to Australia A in a couple of weeks. Um, I'll spend a bit of time across the female program as well, which I'm really looking forward to. They're obviously a hugely successful team. Our, our senior women's team, who again, have won the Ashes again last night um, and have just gone from strength to strength every year. So I'm looking forward to getting inside their team and, and seeing how they keep getting better and how they um, keep winning every single tournament they go to. So really lucky um, on a personal level, I guess, to get a bit of development coaching, something I'm now really passionate about and and can maybe see myself doing in the future. So to have that opportunity is going to be great. Very nice. So now if you are just waking up, as Pony just mentioned, the Australian women's team retained the Ashes by three runs overnight, a thrilling ODI. To, uh, to claim them back or retain them, I should say. Elise Perry, top scoring for the Aussies with 91, with Alana King claiming play of the match honours with three wickets. Uh, also, uh, world number one, Carlos Alcaraz has defeated Novak Djokovic to win Wimbledon, 16776613664. It's the Spaniards' second Grand Slam title. We'll talk to Brett Phillips about that incredible match later this hour. And I want to ask you about Colby McKercher's goal on the oh. weekend. This, of course, is our... Uh, a young man from Tasmania that's expected to go, I'm just going to say top three now in the draft. He is just setting the world on fire. If you haven't seen the goal yet, we'll repost it to our socials a little bit later. But he had a day out for the Devils on the weekend, 41 disposals and two spectacular goals. I know you've seen it, Payne. Yeah. It was quite impressive, wasn't it? It was. We spoke about it off air. It was incredible. It was like watching a kid use the PlayStation R1 sprint button when he <laughs> fended was. off that first guy and then put the burners on. He ran. He made those guys look like they were going backwards. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and I didn't realise he had the 41 disposals to go with it as well. But um, And again, my knowledge of this year's draft is not all that strong, but just seeing that one bit of play look like every bit of a, a top AFL player in the future. Absolutely. We've got a text in too on our Kia oh, open line, which start. is exciting. Brad from Launceston. Welcome, guys. Looking forward to the new show. Thanks for tuning in, Brad. And Nice to see you up and about early like we are. It is quarter past six. You are with SEN Tassie Breakfast with Tim Payne and Brent Costello. If you'd like to be part of the show, get us on the Kia Tassie open line, 1300 42 1533. Hobart Kia movement that inspires or text us on 0437 552 We're going to head to our first break of the morning. Coming up next, though, we're getting inside the head of Tim Payne talking all things ashes. Good morning. 
Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. Breakfast with Tim Payne and Brent Costello. Yes, you're waking up with us, Tim Payne and Brent Costello, SEN Tassie Breakfast. For the very first time, we are wrapped to be here. Get us on the Kia Tassie open line, 1300 42 15 Hobart Kia, movement that inspires. You can text us as well, 0437 552 We are live in the Salamanca studios, and we've got a beautiful setup here, Tim. We've got the Fox Cricket on right now. The uh, the American competition that is underway over yep. there. Why, the MLC. Are you, why are you playing? What's going on? I didn't get the call up Didn't for that. And, and to be honest, Brent, every other retired player in the world looks like they're there. So <laughs> a bit disappointing, yeah. but I'm happy to be here anyway. Absolutely. Because we're about to talk Ashes, which I know you are very, very passionate about. And we're looking forward to the fourth test coming up from Old Trafford. And then, of course, you can hear that on SEN, which is going to be absolutely super. But where are we going to start? We can start anywhere here with um, with the team selection. I know you've got your Lots best 11 about. coming up after the break. But um, So try and be a little bit um, cryptic here, I suppose, when I ask you these questions. But let's start with Davey Warner, obviously a big talking point yep. uh, with his position opening the batting. batting. Do you play him or not? Yeah, I, I've always thought with someone as good as David Warner and with a track record as good as David Warner, I would prefer to give him one too many chances. Um you know, I think he's going to go down, or well, he is going to go down as one of the all-time greats. So I think he's got the track record. Um, a huge test match, this fourth test. It's such an evenly poised series. And I'd be backing him in. I know I've probably said it for the last 12 months and he hasn't quite come good, but um, I think he's shown enough signs in the last couple of test matches, particularly if you think back to the World Test Championship, finally played well there. Um, and he got a decent 60 in one of the, the innings, I think, at Lords, maybe. Um yeah, so a great player like him, I'm giving him one more chance. He, I mean, he's a good fielder too, isn't he? That's the other thing. Just his presence in the team yep. can't be underestimated. No, it can't think. be. I'm not sure you're getting a game in a test match just because you can catch no, it first slip no. day, which I think was suggested. I think Mark Taylor said that. You've just got to keep him in the side. I'm not sure that's enough to, to yep. keep him in the team. He's got a role to play, and that's to score runs and open his batting. The other thing that probably works in his favour is that the opening partnership with Usman Khawaja, whilst... Davey hasn't been seeing the world on fire. They've got them off to a steady start more often than not, which is important in England. If you weren't playing Warner, what do you do with that opening position? Yep. Uh, Travis Head's been spoken about. I know he's become one of the best in the world from his current yep. batting position, but do you move him up? Do you bring Cam Green or Mitch Marsh up to open? What would you do in that situation? Yeah, I think for me, I'm a bit of a... Um, I like to just keep things pretty simple. So I think if David Warner wasn't going to play, I think you replace him with a with a specialist opener, particularly in England. We know how hard it can be to bat over there um, when the ball can swing around. Um, but yeah, I think you know history we've seen in in India it worked when we moved Travis Head up the order because we knew runs with the new ball was was going to be at a premium. You wanted to get them quickly before the spinners came on, so that worked. Uh, I don't think that's a tactic that that should be used in England or will be. Uh, and then I suppose the next option is do you play a Mitchell Marsh or a Cam Green, get them both in the side and to do that one of them opens, which we've had a little bit of success with in the past with Shane Watson. So yep. they're, they're probably your options at the moment. Uh, what about the uh, Green-Marsh battle, I suppose? Um, how do you see that playing out in selection wars? Yeah, again, another fascinating one. Mitch Marsh gets his opportunity through uh, an unfortunate injury to, to Cam Green uh, and obviously grabbed it with both hands. Um, so he's he's certainly given them something to think about. Um, I think Mitch Marsh also is underrated with the ball, particularly in England. He can swing the ball around. So, again, what, what the wicket looks like 
Is it going to swing around? If it is, Mitch Marsh is probably a better option. If you want someone to run in and hit the wicket and bowl 140-plus, then Cam Green's your man. So, again, some big headaches for, for George Bailey and Andrew McDonald. And, and Michael Nisa, too, just been playing beautifully over there uh, yep. at lower level. Um, what, do you, what do you feel about him? Does, does he deserve an opportunity? Obviously, he does, but yep. um, can you get him in? Yeah, I think there's been a number of players along... You know, a long, long time of Australian cricket who deserve an opportunity. It's another thing to get one because the guys in front of him um, have also been doing really well. So, um, look, his, his form in, in county cricket got a, a big rap last week when he got 176 against, I think it was against Leicester, who would be effectively like playing against university yeah. without a state player in it. So, mm. um, yeah, they're the bottom team of, of Division Two of county cricket and... Michael, if he comes into the side, his role is going to be to take wickets, not score runs. So, although his runs would be handy, um, but yeah, for me, I, I wouldn't be picking him just at the moment. I think the guys ahead of him um, are just better options, particularly in England. We want to get a question to Paney on the Ashes. Get us on the Kia Tassie open line, 1,342, 1,533. Hobart Kia movement that inspires Texas as well on 0437 552 And that is our number forever. So lock it into your phones. Make sure you hit us up. We'd love to, for you to get involved in the show. Uh, we've got a text here too. Brenton Paney, Tug in Sandy Bay. Lovely work on the new show. Thank you very much, Tug, and great to have you on board this morning. Um, tell us how you think that first, oh, sorry, the fourth test will play out come Wednesday. It's going to be pretty exciting, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to be, you know, as I said before, it's going to be sensational. I think the, the series is so well poised. Um, there's been drama around it, um, the way England are playing the cricket, the way they're talking in the media. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been fantastic. I think Manchester, in my experience, is a terrific batting wicket um, and, and first innings runs will be... Um, what will set the game up. So I think teams traditionally, when I've played there, have looked to bat first, bat big, um, and go from there. Having said that, England like to declare with inside a day. So again, the tactical side of it's going to be fascinating. Um, what are England going to do with their declarations? Um, and can the Aussies get some runs out of Steve Smith and Manus Labuschagne? So I think if we can do that and we can handle Mark Wood, um, who gave us all sorts of headaches with his speed um, in, that, in the previous test match, that'll have a huge say. I think the Manus... And Smith v Wood um, will have a huge say on the on the outcome of the game. Now you, you would have spoken about this already, but what did you make of the Alex Carey Johnny Bairstow situation? For those that haven't heard your opinion on that, I uh, know I, I didn't mind it. Again, I, as a wicketkeeper, anyone who's seen me play or, or played against <laughs> me know that that's a favourite of mine. Um, and and again, I thought Al, the way Alex did it was was probably better than I've seen most most of the time. When you do see it, the wicketkeeper is being a bit sneaky and, and looks away and tries to trick. The battering to, to coming out of his crease, Alex caught the ball and let go of it straight away. And um, you know, I thought it was actually smart play when they showed the replay of of the build up of that over with his three or four balls beforehand. Johnny Bairstow was doing the same thing for, for Alex to compute that really quickly under pressure and then just go with it and execute it. Were, were fantastic. I saw yesterday Alex was up in in media um, over in England and and said he had no remorse um, and he'd do it again. So again. I'm with him. He did nothing wrong, but I think those comments are going to stoke the fire again and, and pick it up, and, and the Manchester crowd will be right into the Aussies again um, on Wednesday night. Just on that being put up for me, you were one of the very best at it. Uh, we know that. Uh, did you lick your lips sometimes at the opportunity where you could get out there and have your say and, and try and stir the pot a little bit, I suppose? Yeah, absolutely. I, I must admit, sitting there um, last week and watching it there and seeing the boys walk through the long room, um, as much as you love, obviously, playing the game of cricket, it's moments like that 
that I love being involved in. I love sort of trying to stir the pot a little bit in the background and, and stay out of it as much as I could. But it did. It took me back to um, to Durban in South Africa actually when we walked off the ground and there was a fair bit happening in that stairwell as well with Davy Warner and Quinton Decock, which was um, another story. But yeah, th- those moments, um, that real competitive passion when it spills over a little bit like that. Um, they're the test matches you want to be involved in. Absolutely. Uh, just before we wind up the segment and get to the news, tell us about uh, playing at Old Trafford. You obviously played there. What's, yep. it, what's it like as a venue? Yeah, it's a beautiful venue. I, I remember my first time I played there, the pitch was actually running in the other direction. So I played a T20 a long, long time ago when I was quite young. Um, yeah, and the, and the pitch used to run the opposite way of what it is. But, yeah, it's normally my experience there are that it is probably the hardest and, and fastest wicket in England, which isn't good news if you're an Aussie batter and Mark Wood's tearing in, but it will also suit our quicks. I think if, if we can get a little bit of extra bounce, you see a lot of the English guys come out to Australia and really struggle, whether it's in test cricket um, or the guys that come out from England and play in the Big Bash really struggle and, and guys that have dominated T20 cricket um, around the world struggle here because of the extra bounce, I think. If the wicket is like that again, uh, I think it'll really suit Australia, um, particularly Paddy Cummins and, and Josh Hazelwood if he plays. Um, I think we'll see a few more nicks through to the, the keeper and slips, which, uh, as I said, I think will suit our quicks down to the ground. And then it'll be just over to our batters whether we can handle Mark Wood because I think the rest of the quicks, barring Stuart Broad over Davey Warner, we've handled reasonably well. Um, and I, uh, thinking last night, actually, I hope they rest. Stuart Broad because he's played the first three tests and it might be a good way to get Davey Warner into the series. Yeah, true, true. We're right on 6.30. We're about to go to the news, but just a reminder, you can get us on the Kia Tassie open line, 1,342, 15, 33, Hobart Kia movement that inspires Texas as well, 0437, 552, We've got a couple here to read out. Morning, guys. Lovely 15 degrees here in Brisbane. Have a great show from Fraser. Thank you, Fraser. And hey, boys, listening from Werribee in Melbourne, massive Tassie basketball and cricket fan, go the map, and that's from Simon. So go the map. Go the map. We love the map here in Tasmania, of course. So we're going to get to the news on the other side of it. Tim Payne's going to reveal his Australian 11 for the fourth test. Stark to finish the over. England one to keep themselves in the series. And out through point it goes for four. What a mighty celebration from Mark Wood and Chris Wokes. When Wokes walked in, they needed 80 to win. The head had been cut off the stake with Stokes and Bairstow in quick succession. But what a shrewd selection it was bringing Wokes back into this side. 32 not out. He will be the champion for England here along with Harry Brook. They win by three wickets and the Ashes are well and truly alive. And that is our wonderful SEN cricket team over there in England doing a wonderful job of the Ashes series, of course, and the fourth test beginning on Wednesday night. Uh, don't forget, you can get us on the Kia Tassie open line, one 42 Hobart Kia movement that inspires Texas as well, 0437 555. Love getting your opinion on everything we're talking about. And we want to get your opinion on this because Tim Payne is about to drop his Australian and England 11s for Old Trafford. Over to you, Skipper. All right, we'll start from the top then, Brent. And I think people are probably going to be slightly disappointed if you're looking for any headlines or any drastic <laughs> changes because I think both of these teams under their new coaches have, have tried to set an environment where guys feel really comfortable to be able to go out and play, um, you know, particularly in England's case, a really attacking style. And I know... Um, Andrew McDonald and George Bailey and Tony Donovan want want their players to feel like they've got their absolute trust. So 
Um, my team for the fourth test at Manchester is Usman Khawaja. David Warner stays in the side. Marnus Labashain. Steve Smith. Travis Head at five. I'm sticking with Mitchell Marsh at six. Alex Carey at seven. Mitch Stark at eight. Captain Paddy Cummins at nine. Todd Murphy at 10. And number 11, I'm going back to Josh Hazelwood. So the change is there. Uh, Hazelwood for Boland. Okay. And no Cam Green. No Cam Green. I think, you know, well, we do want players to feel comfortable within the 11. However, I think Mitch Marsh just demands selection. And in a big series like that, when someone comes in and takes a spot and then grabs it like that, I think you've got to stick with a guy who's, you know, clearly in form at the peak of his powers. So... Um, yeah, Mitch Marsh gets the nod for me. I want to ask you about Marnus as well. Obviously, um, hasn't got the runs he probably would have liked. Uh, well, I think SEN Social's put up yep. a, a good post the other day of, of his numbers in recent times. Yep. But uh, can you blame him for that as well when he comes in so early at times as well? No, I don't think so. I mean, his job's to, to bat at number three for Australia. That's a tough job. And whether you're one for none or one for 220, I think Marnus will, will say himself he hasn't given the output that he would have liked in the last few months. I think something like his last 40 odd innings as a test cricket he's only passed 50 twice so whilst there's been a lot of focus on David Warner's, Warner's form I think I honestly think if Marnus doesn't score runs in the next few tests then that conversation will start to happen about him and it will be interesting because it's the first time in his career where he's had a long run without scoring runs and he's actually been batting okay um, getting lots of starts which is unlike him normally he's, he's great at converting but I must admit last week watching him against Mark Wood he wasn't on his own but he did look a little bit out of touch. So hopefully, as I said in the in the last segment, if him and Steve Smith can find a bit of form, it'll go a long way to us winning this test match. Who is the next number three for Australia if, if he wasn't to play? Oh, that's a great question. I should have saved that for questions without notes, yeah, that's which is coming up. Yeah, that's a question. I'll let you have a think about um, it if you like. Well, no, you've got – they've showed in their squad. They've got Marcus Harris, who could bat one, two or three. They've got Matt Renshaw, who they've shown can bat either opening or right down to five. Um, and then the other interesting option is is Green or Marsh. Um, if we want to get both those all-rounders in, if we think both of them are in our top six best batters, um, which they could be if they're both in form, um, that's also another option. Tell us what you think of Tim Payne's Aussie 11 uh, on the Kia Tassie open line, 1,342-1533. Texas as well, 0437-552-535. One more thing on that selection is obviously Scott Boland's gone out of the side for mm -hmm. Josh Hazwood, but I've heard a bit of commentary in the last week or so about Scott Boland's form and, and even his career you know, being exposed per se and not probably not playing a lot of test cricket going forward. Um, I think we only you only have to look back to the ICC Championship final where he absolutely bowled the house down when conditions were in his favour. Uh, and the fifth test match is back at that ground, at the Oval. I think any wicket where you get some slide up and down and some slight sideways, Scott Bowen is as good as anyone in the world at exposing that. So I think some of the calls that he, he might be done or he's going to find it hard to get back in are, are a fair way off. Because uh, I know when, when Scott Boland gets the right conditions, he's an absolute handful. All right, on to your England 11 then. Let's go with that. England 11. Here. I can't even remember who played in their last one. Um, <laughs> but I'm staying with the openers who have done really well, actually, or better than I thought they would do. But having said that, they've produced flat wickets for a reason. And I think one of those reasons is because of the defence of their two opening batters. But the way they attack and get the game moving has been great to watch. So Crawley, Duckett, 
Uh, they tried Harry Brook at three last test match for the first innings and I think very quickly realised that that's not going to work, doesn't suit him, um, doesn't suit them. So what I mind in the second innings is, is Moen Alley. Um, so I'm going to go with him again just ahead of Dan Lawrence, who's the spare batter in their, in their squad, who did score 100 in county cricket last week. But I think Moen Alley obviously gives them some spin overs uh, and he allows their, their batting order to be really deep with Bairstow and, and Wokes coming in. So I'm going Moen Alley at three, Joe Root at four, Harry Brook back to five, Ben Stokes six, Johnny Bairstow stays in the squad and team at seven. Um, and again, I know looking down that order, if Johnny Bairstow, I know he's been in horrible form, but if he walks to the wicket at seven, you you are worried. I can tell you that as someone who's played against him, he's, he's absolutely dangerous. Uh, Chris Wokes, Mark Wood, Stuart Broad, if he's not rested, um, I think he's bowling the house down at the moment, just be whether his body is up to, to playing four tests in a row. Uh, and then the number 11 I've been tossing up all weekend between Big Robbo or Jimmy Anderson. And I think from a selection point of view, they probably should pick Robinson if he's fit. However, I think Ben Stokes and Brendan McCullum will pick Jimmy Anderson because it's at his home ground. I think they'll try and draw on that sort of emotion and, and try and get a, a reaction out of their players. And, and it'll bring the crowd right into it when Jimmy Anderson's running in. So... Um, that and the fact that I don't like Ollie Robinson, I'm going to pick Jimmy Anderson. <laughs> oh, that's a story for another day. We might uh, delve into that when we have the time. But uh, so pretty comfortable keeping Bearstow and oh, I'm talking about well, Ben I'm not Stokes. comfortable. You're no. Not, you're not comfortable? No. But, his okay. keeping has been yeah. woeful, let's yeah. be honest. But again, I, I've played a lot of cricket against Johnny Bearstow and normally his keeping's been pretty good. I think, he, you know, he's obviously coming off a really long and horrible injury, a big layoff. Um and, and to step straight back into international cricket's been hard for him, no doubt. Uh, I don't think he'll have another test match as bad as he did with the gloves. But as I said, certainly with the batting, uh, he's a dangerous player at seven. He suits the baseball mentality. He'll come out and be ultra aggressive. And when you've got someone like that at seven, uh, Chris Wokes at eight, they just keep on coming, these guys that can score runs, even Mark Woods. So whilst uh, his glove work's been below par, I can understand why they're sticking with him because he is a match winner. We're going to get to a break, but let us know your thoughts on Tim Payne's Aussie and England 11s on the T on the Kia Tassie open line, 1342 Hobart Kia movement that inspires or Texas on 0437 552 After this, we come back with questions without notice. You're on SEN Tassie Breakfast with Tim Payne and Brent Costello. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. Breakfast with Tim Payne and Brent Costello. Good morning. Good morning. Great to have you company. Partly cloudy 16 for Hobart today. A shower or two and 15 for Launceston and a shower or two and 14 for Bernie and Devonport. You can get us on the Kia Tassie open line 1300 42 15 33. I'll read that slower so you can write it down because this is our number you need to get us on when you want to get onto the show. 1300 42 15 33. 1300 42 15 33. Or text us on 0437 552 535. That's 0437 552 535. That's the Kia Tassie Open Line, Hobart Kia movement. That inspires. Tim, we're going to go to a new segment now called Questions Without Notice. And this is where we can ask each other something without notice and we've got to fire off a quick response as to what we think so we looking for it related well i think today we will but okay. maybe not down the track let's uh let's keep that open i'm going to start with you with a new ball you were the last tasmanian to pull on the baggy green who'll be the next tasmanian to play test cricket for australia Ooh. 
Max Tasmanian. Well, I'll give you a couple. We've, I think couple. we've got two in the Australia A squad, I think, coming up um, in the next month. One Tas, actual Tasmanian born, I'm mm-hmm. going to go with Caleb Jewell. Yep. Um, he's been in really good form and starting to find consistency across all formats of the game. Uh, and the other one's probably Tim Ward, particularly for Test cricket. Um, hasn't played a lot of white ball cricket for Tassie yet, but his shield start to his shield career um, has been outstanding. I think they're probably the next two for, for Tassie. Both been super, haven't they? Part of that Australia A trip to New Zealand two earlier yep. in the year. They've been absolutely outstanding. Your hit. Right, Brent. SEN's own Tommy Morris, who I think is going in for surgery this morning on a broken nose and cheekbone, so we, we wish him all the best. But last Jeez. week he reported that the executive general manager of football, the AFL, is Brendan Gale's job if he wants it. If he accepts, will he become the most important person in ensuring the Tassie AFL team is delivered? Most important person, that's your question. Uh, no, he won't be. He won't be at all. It'll be the parliamentarians, Tim. It'll be the most <laughs> important people. They're the ones that are going to actually have the say on whether this goes ahead or not. So as important right. as Brendan Gale will be in that role, no, he's not the, he's mo- not. the most important right. person. We'll have to get a few of those people on, on the show in the yes, next couple of weeks then. Exactly. Uh, now, your former coach, Justin Langer, has landed his first coaching job since leaving the national team after joining the Lucknow Super Giants in the IPL. How will he go? And do you think his exit from the Australian team will change the way he coaches at all? Uh, firstly, great to see him back. Um, I think he'll go well. I think if you look at his record, particularly in 2020 cricket over the years, is it's second to none. He's won, I think, three or four big bash titles with the Perth Scorchers. He's won a World Cup for Australia, which we couldn't do for a number of years. Um, and I think, yeah, going forward, I think anyone who's been in the position that he's in, you, you reflect a little bit. Um, and Justin Lang is a great coach and he's got some excellent strong points um, but yeah I think he'll come back and, and do things slightly differently um, and I expect the Super Giants under him will have a lot of success. Very nice. Rightio. Well, after the AFL licence was announced the focus has shifted to other potential expansions in Tassie. Which should be our next? Which league should we be looking to get into? Well I'm massive on Super Netball. I think that would fit beautifully I here in we Tasmania. Did. Weren't we close? Well, we were close, but they've pulled the pin on that. And uh, obviously another team, Victoria, is going to come in. But I think that just makes sense, the Super Netball team. We've got My State Bank Arena ready to roll to, to house the team yep. out there. Uh, gives some content over the, the winter months as well when the Jack Jumpers aren't playing. So that's a no-brainer for me. Um, obviously the A-League. I've got some concerns about the A-League. I think having three professional sporting teams over summer could be yep. really difficult with uh, sponsorship and fan base and things like that. I'd love to see it, but I'll just, I'll just have some some serious questions around how it works. And WNBL is a no-brainer as well, I think. We're talking about having more content at My State Bank Arena at uh, the same time of year right. as the Jack Jumpers. So but we've asked for one and you've given <laughs> us four new teams. <laughs> well, can you pick one? Get off the fence there's, and pick one. Yeah, then. okay. Super Netball Thank you. followed closely by WNBL. I'm happy to take WNBL. Anyway, I'll shut up now. Um, back to you. Uh, after the um, AFL licence was announced, oh, that's why, that's what you just If the Quarry Point precinct is built, will it actually bring more international and marquee cricket games to the state, do you think? You'd like to think so. I, I think what we'll need to do, though, is change our tax slightly, particularly given that we're going to have a roof. And I'm not sure Test cricket is played under a roof or will be played under a roof. However, I don't think that's a negative thing. I think it can actually be a positive thing. I think we should be trying to position ourselves now to get more white ball cricket. I think that new stadium, when and if it gets built with a roof, will be absolutely world-class. Um, 
Test cricket's probably a no-go, but I think, again, if we shift, instead of trying to get a test match, which how many international games have we got in the last 10 years anyway? We got exactly. an Ashes one because of COVID, which won't happen again, let's yep. be honest. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I'd move away from test cricket and I'd try and get as much white ball, high-quality cricket. We don't want Australia playing Bangladesh in a test match. We'd want Australia versus England, Australia versus India, if we could, in white ball T20 or 50-over cricket at that stadium. That's what I'd be trying to do. More white ball cricket, no test cricket. Gee, I've got some more I'd love to ask you, but we've got to get to a break. Don't forget, you can get us on the Kia Tassie open line, 1300 42 15 33. Texas as well on 0437-552-535. i tell you what, they're rolling into the text messages. Look Beautiful. forward to getting to some of those as the show goes on. But we're going to get to a break. On the other side, we're talking Wimbledon with SEN's own Brett Phillips. A big win to Carlos Alcaraz last night over Novak Djokovic. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania. Search Harrison Agents today. Breakfast with Tim Payne and Brent Costello. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, we're live from our beautiful studio here in Salamanca. It is SEN Tassie Breakfast with Tim Payne and Brent Costello. We'll be with you every Monday and Friday here on SEN Tassie. And you can get us uh, right across the state, of course, 16.29 a.m. in Hobart, 16.11 a.m. SEN track in Devonport and Launceston. Of course, stream us anywhere, anytime on the SEN app. Massive news overnight if you're just waking up. A big win for world number one, Carlos Alcaraz, who's defeated Novak Djokovic to win Wimbledon, 1-6-7-6-6-1-3-6-6-4. And joining us on the line now to have a chat about it and has the honour and privilege, Pony, of being our very first guest on our brand new show, <laughs> SEN's own tennis expert, Brett Phillips. G'day, BP. Welcome, Brett. Oh, ex- extremely honoured, uh, Brett. Tim, good morning, uh, guys. Somehow I'm still awake. Uh, what a night. Uh, what a night. Uh, I mean, I obviously cover tennis, follow tennis, live, eat and breathe tennis. And, you know, we've been following this young man since he was 14 years of age, uh, Carlos Alcaraz. It's just a significant moment. I mean, the first player in over 20 years not to be Federer and Nadal, Djokovic or Murray to win Wimbledon. And we got an epic in front of the royal family. Uh, the, uh, the, the King of Spain was in the audience. Uh, Brad Pitt, all the celebrities. Uh, the rank and file who made up the crowd uh, last night, and it was just incredible. I mean, there was only one man, really, and it sounds funny to say when he's the world number one, but I suppose a lot of us still think, in a sense, that Novak really is the best player in the world. And there was only one player that could maybe dethrone him this fortnight, and that was Carlos Alcaraz. And this is a young man who just leaves you gobsmacked, to be totally honest. His level of play on court... Uh, his maturity beyond his years, he problem solves out there, he figures things out, he's intelligent, he can play every shot in the book, and he rattled the cage. He took it up to Djokovic. He didn't sit back and he wasn't passive, he took it up. He was a set down. It could have been two sets to love down. He saved set points. You know, that third set, yes, looks comprehensive, but there was a 26-minute game in that third set that had 11 juices. Carlos goes two sets to one up. We expected a response from the Joker. We got it. He wasn't going to lie down 6-3 in the fourth, game on in the fifth, and Carlos just executed. Novak just looked like he ran out of a little bit of steam. He covered the ground beautifully, Alcaraz. He says all the right things. You'll get a fan base all over the world. And this is just the beginning. I mean, he's only 20. I'm not sure what numbers he's going to get to eventually, but he's the biggest draw card in tennis for the next 10, 15 years. Yeah, he certainly is, Brett. You touched on it there. 20 years old, he's become... Wimbledon's third youngest champion. What do you, what do you think's achievable for him in his career? He's going to 
obviously he's on track to become one of the all-time greats if he can stay at this pace. Yeah, it's fascinating, Tim, as to what, how the rivalries will sort of shape. You know, obviously we've come off just... Well, we're not, not, not done just yet. Obviously, Novak's got a bit to go and whether we're going to see Rafa back uh, next year. But, you know, obviously uh, for Alcaraz, you know, there's Holger Runa and Yannick Sinner, the two other young guns in the top ten. Now, those three are going to collide and play a lot and feature in a lot of, you know, the, the back end of majors uh, for the next 10 to 15 years. And we'll see what the crop looks like you know, coming in underneath, uh, but no doubt he can get to double figures. That's, you know, 10 plus. But where he lands, I'm not quite sure, but he's just dynamic. I mean, this the level that this kid plays at, uh, he's been beautifully coached. He's got a great team around him, great family. Uh, everything's just perfectly set up for him to be the best version of himself, and it's just captivating. And so what does it mean for Novak, do you think? You, you mentioned him. You've got a couple of other guys there you touched on, these young guys that are taking tennis to a new level. What's what's Nova? Has he got another kick in him left in his career? Well, you know, he's sort of doing what... I mean, Roger broke down, didn't he, at 37. Uh, Rafa's broken down at 36. We hope to see Rafa back. But Djokovic looks like the one who could, you know, still play at a really high level. I mean, he'll tick over 37 next year, 38. Uh, he knows these young guys, and they've, not, they've arrived. They've absolutely arrived. So he, he knows he's got to cash in... Uh, over the next sort of 18 months. Um, but look, he's physically so well set up. He's lean, he's cut, he's so meticulous with everything that goes into his body. Uh, he can still play at a high level, I think, for another 18 months, two years, uh, Novak Djokovic. So there's more trophies to win for him to get some separation on the Dale, but they're going to be tougher to win now as these young guys have certainly arrived. Brett Phillips, great work, mate. Uh, go and enjoy uh, a rest. Go and have some sleep. And thanks very much for being our very first guest too on SEN Tassie Breakfast with Brent Costello and Tim Payne. No, well done, guys. Uh, love, love getting to Tassie anytime. So congrats on the new show. Go on your BP. Brett Phillips, SEN's tennis expert, joining us here on SEN Tassie Breakfast. That is it for the first hour, Pony. In fact, we are running overtime. That's how much we've crammed in. But we've got a massive second hour on the way for you. After 7 o'clock, Scott Roth will join us, the Jack Jumpers head coach, live from the United States. Oscar Pritchard, too, who was part of our under-18 hockey success last week. But right after the news, our inaugural chair of our Tasmanian AFL club, Grant O'Brien, will join us. You're listening to SEM Breakfast for Harrison Agents, Tasmanian real estate experts. You can get us on the Kia Tassie open line, 1300 42 15 33, or text us on 0437 Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. Breakfast with Tim Payne and Brent Costello. Good morning. It is a good morning because it is our very first show of SEN Tassie Breakfast with Tim Payne and Brent Costello. We are live on 16.29am in Hobart and 16.11am SEN Track in Devonport and Launceston, of course, you can get us on the live stream as well via the SEN app, which is enormously exciting. A very big first hour, Pony. And if you'd like to get in touch with us as well, hit us up on the text 0437 552 We've had a few of those roll in, which is very, very exciting. Love uh, you all being part of the show. And uh, your Ashes uh, talk has created a bit of controversy, which has been which has been good. Excellent. You, you, can you read us a few out? No, I can't because we... the text uh, oh, line's gone down. I did see one, though, from... Um... Sam from Shark Park, I think it was, wants his cricket Tasmanian Premier League team of the last 20 years. So, Sam, if you're still out there, mate, I'll do some 
a bit of research and I'll see if I can get that team out in the next week or two. You didn't set yourself into that too, no doubt? No, I think... Haven't paid uh, enough? No. No. Okay. Well, maybe. We'll have a look. <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. But I did see a text come through about Ollie Flogginson as well, which is excellent. <laughs> it seems to have stuck. I we'll, like that. We'll get to some of those a little bit later. But uh, we've got uh, our, our next guest on the line, which is super exciting because it was a big week last week when he was announced as the inaugural chair of Tasmania's AFL team. He's got a massive job ahead. His name is Grant O'Brien, and he joins us now on SEN Tassie Breakfast. Good morning to you, Grant. G'day, Brent. How are you? Very, very well, and lovely to have you on the show. How's the last week been for you since you were announced in the in the top job? Uh, pretty hectic, as you might guess, Brent. It's um, it's been a bit overwhelming. The uh, the response. I suppose I shouldn't have been surprised. It's um, it's something that Tasmanians have have um, dreamed of, wanted for such a long time to uh, see steps towards the team running out onto the ground is pretty exciting for the state. So, um, yeah, really, really great. I think that level of support and feedback I've had in the last month gives me great comfort that the community's on board, really wants this team, and and um, and we're getting it built. Yeah, certainly have. Grant, now, thanks for coming on, mate. Um, just wondering, what, what actually drew you to the role? I know that you've had a successful career yourself in business. Um, and obviously a tough job that you've taken on. What what was exciting about it for you? Well, Tim, I, I think, um, as, as you know, we've been um, as a task force working on this for the last four years, and it's something that I've believed in for a long, long time, that the um, bringing a, 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 an AFL team to the state would be terrific for the state, for the community, for, for the youngsters, um, getting them involved in sport. I, like you... Um, both know the benefit of being involved in sport, in this case, AFL. Um, so anything that promotes um, community sport particularly is something I'm, I'm keen in and some of my other, some of my other roles touch on, on, on that same thing. So, so at the, I guess, base level, my, my interest in, in uh, the AFL team starts at the grassroots and, and, and ensuring that that's there and has a strong future um, in our state, a state that's been a footballing state for, for as long as the game's been around. So the opportunity to be involved in the task force uh, that started four years ago was something I was very keen on. And I guess when you get involved in something like that, you really want to see it through. Um, you know, it's a bit like being a consultant. Sometimes that's terrific because you can give advice, but you don't get to necessarily put it in place. So I've been given the great privilege of being able to be involved beyond the task force to, to get the team up and running. Grant, I asked you this at the press conference last week and I loved your positivity with the answer, but do you truly believe the team can be up and running by 2028 when we've got this project of state significance running in the background with the stadium? Yeah, I do. I, I, I think we've got a, a pretty clear timeline that factors in um, the various approvals and things that are required from an infrastructure point of view, but equally um, we've got a lot of work to do um, to get the, the club established, the administration, the, the staff, um, all of those sort of things. But they all sit on a timeline. They're all achievable. And, in fact, I'm on my way to, to Melbourne at the moment to meet with the AFL to um, get the early aspects of that timeline underway. So 2028 is, is, is very achievable. It's not been put there as an unrealistic, ambitious uh, date. It's a realistic one that, that um, leverages all of the steps that we need to, to put in place. I think the, the 
um, hunger for for the, the public in Tasmania to have their own team um, is undisputed, and I think that at the end of the day will, you know, carry us through some of the challenges that that, that might and inevitably come up as we, as we go on this journey. Yeah, we've certainly seen that through the Jack Jumpers, Brent, and you know, basketball. Um, the participation has has boomed. We expect to see that obviously with AFL as well. Um, and, and not only that, but benefits into the community. But with your other hat on as the chair of Tourism Tasmania, what what else does this team, you know, what are the, the tourism benefits that this team will bring to the state? There are a couple of aspects to it, Tim. One's simply sports tourism. And again, you guys would be aware of that. And, and the other is just tourism generally. Um, if I t just take sports tourism and, and, and drill down on that for a second and just focus on the AFL, um, we, we know that there'll be about 5,000 um, interstate fans attend um, the home games in in Tassie and typically about 70 odd percent of those will stay for more than two or three nights so so it gives you a sense of it's not just a footy game it's a footy game that attracts people to our state it's, and, and, and when they come they stay and they spend and that's good for the restaurants that's good for the hotels that's good for the taxi drivers that's good for a whole range of people in, in Tasmania that are dependent on on that, and if you broaden that out to, you know, events beyond football, you can see the benefits from an economic point of view. We looked at the team just based on the 11 home games that we'll have, and that'll generate in the order of about 110 million dollars per year and create about 360 jobs. So, there's an economic benefit, there's a jobs benefit, employment benefit, and there's a benefit to the state, um, particularly when you look at the the average uh, tourists over the course of the year, naturally that dips during the colder winter months. And if we, when we get the team up and we are able to have other events around um, the infrastructure that's put in place, then we'll be able to smooth out the, um, um, sorry about that, I'm in the airport. Uh, Don't miss the, your flight. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I won't miss my flight, but those sort of things generally um, will ensure that we get a, a lift on, on the, the usually quiet time of the year, the winter months. So it's got a lot of things that just sensibly and logically make sense for the state to pursue, and this will allow us to do that. Grant O'Brien, the inaugural chair of Tasmania's AFL Club, is our guest this morning on SEN Tassie Breakfast. You can hit us up on the text 0437 555. Grant, at the press conference when you announced you uh, unveiled a, a, a committee, if you like, that will appoint the inaugural board that included uh, Peggy O'Neill, the former Richmond president, uh, among others. Uh, how's all that going? Have you, you met yet? And, and how's all that progressing? Yeah, we're meeting tomorrow, first meeting, and um, and you're right, It's uh, we've got Peggy O'Neill, Andrew Dillon, Errol Stewart, Liz Jack and, and myself, and it's a process that, again, has got a timeline to deliver on what we committed to do, and that is have a board in place by the, by the end of August. We've got a, a good pool of people that have expressed an interest and some people that we've, we've reached out to, and the first step is to is to get the formalities of that uh, nominations committee in place. And that's what we'll be doing tomorrow, followed by the assembly of the, the long list and then short list and then interview and then, then um, recommendation of the, of the um, of nominations committee for who the board members are. So pretty exciting time to think that by the end of, end of August we'll have um, the club's first board in place. Yeah, it's very exciting. I know Brent's probably looking at nominating himself. I was about to, to say, honest, do you need a washed-up Test cricketer by any chance, Grant? <laughs> oh, we've got room for quite a few, but not not. <laughs> we do have our limits. But no, look, the quality of people that have, uh, have put their hand up is is again um, 
consistent with what I said at the beginning of this, we've been overwhelmed really by the, the, the sort of people that are, are reaching out and want to want to help and we'll, we'll provide as many opportunities as we can for people to be involved. And obviously the, the stadium's been quite divisive down here in Tasmania. As, as the new chair, are you heavily involved in discussions um, with the government or is that left to, to others? Well, primarily it's the role of the government to deliver the, the infrastructure. Um, the club will be a tenant, obviously, for, for um, the, the grounds that the home games will be played on, um, being UTAS and, and the um, new stadium in, in Hobart. So we'll have a, a, a clear interest in that. Um, but the project management and, and the like of that is, is down to the, to the government to provide. We'll work closely with them um, to ensure that it is um, both um, the UTAS um, um, investment and the stadium investment um, are in the interests of all of the users, but um, from our perspective, um, accommodate us and what we need from a, from a footy club mm -hmm. point of view. So we're, we're really looking forward to that. There's been work obviously done, um, but there's a lot more work to do in that sort of area, and that sits on our timeline as one of the key deliverables, obviously. What about the funding from the AFL grant? Obviously, there's a significant amount coming our way, over $300 million. Does that start immediately, or how does that work exactly? Yeah, really, it's, um, you'll see some of that um, actually even in this year. Um, the AFL are looking to put around $360 million into the into the state, and, and a lot of that is in talent pathways and game development and community footy um, over the next decade or so. Um, and what's really pleasing about that um, is that that's about a 60% increase on what the AFL have put in historically into, into our state, into community footy. So community footy and talent pathways are going to get a significant uplift with the arrival of the um, AFL team, and that's, that's the way it should be. So, yeah, the, the, the AFL are invested significantly. The federal government are invested similar, uh, significantly, as, as have obviously the state government. And, and these are opportunities that, that we as a state, I don't think, can, can waste. And we'll be looking to make sure that every cent that's been pledged gets spent for the benefit of, of Tasmania. Well, no doubt there's a, a big job ahead for you, Grant, but you're the best man for the job. We know that. So we appreciate you joining us this morning on SEN Tassie Breakfast, and we'd love to get you back on soon just to keep us updated with what's happening. That'll be good. Cheers, guys. Thanks, Thank Grant. you, Grant. Grant O'Brien there. Joining us on SEN Tassie Breakfast, of course, is the inaugural Tasmanian AFL Club Chair, and great to have him aboard on our very first show. We are doing it all thanks to Harrison Agents, of course, Tasmanian real estate experts. You can get us on 16.29am in Hobart, 16.11am SEN track in Devonport and Launceston, or stream us anytime, anywhere on the SEN app. Of course, Texas as well, 0437 552 That's 0437 552 We'd love to hear from you and your reaction to our interview with Grant O'Brien. We'll be back soon to unpack it all here on SEN Tassie Breakfast with Brent Costello and Tim Payne. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. Breakfast with Tim Payne and Brent Costello. Minutes past seven o'clock, you are with SEN Tassie Breakfast with Tim Payne and Brent Costello. Don't forget to get us on the Kia Tassie open line 1300 42 15 33. If you'd like to have a chat, 
to the former test skipper Tim Payne. We've had a good show so far, Payne. It's been fun. It's been good fun. Um, looking forward to a few more texts coming through, though, as the show builds. We want to get as much interaction as we can with the, with the people out there. So get in touch. Fire some questions at us. I like this text. Sounding great, lads. Welcome to the airways from Hutchie. Uh, so that's nice feedback from the Ooh. CEO, which is always always good to Our get. Our first celebrity text. Yeah, exactly. Morning, boys. We just heard that Paney isn't a fan of Ollie Flogginson. I want to know, does he like Broad as he was a once upon a time Hurricanes player? Yeah, definitely huge fan of Stuart Broad. Um, love playing with him. Surprised, actually, when I played with him because I had him in the Robinson category there, obviously, as an England player. But, yeah, once he came over, he was fantastic to play with. Super competitive, um, team first. And you can see him now, even in the Ashes, the way he sort of gets into the crowd and the way he bought into the Hobart Hurricanes. He was he was an absolute pleasure to play with. Now, the text here says they should have brought in Ben Folks for the gloves. Very underrated. Uh, or Shannon Bakes. I see he was handy with the gloves back in 2017. Now in the UK, could have got a call up. <laughs> he is over there, Shannon Bakes, to be honest. But no, I don't think his glove work was all that good. But folks, certainly he's got to be close. Um, you know, he's been playing well for Surrey. He scored 100, I think, a couple of weeks ago. And he's clearly the best keeper in England. So um, Johnny Bairstow will be under the pump this week. Now, Brent, uh, I think you were beaten to the scoop this week by the Mercury's James... Resnahan yeah, on a, a change in local footy. Can you fill us in on that? It slid across my desk on was it Thursday or Friday? We're just going to hold it off for what, the day's show. Gun shy or? Good on your Brez for um, for stealing our thunder. Good on him. But no, it's a new era for community footy coming up, obviously with the AFL team coming in and what it's going to look like. So a confidential document has been released that we did get hold of. So basically... How did you get that? I'll just sit across my desk okay. and fill off the back of a truck. And then you held it for what reason? So we could have it today, but oh. uh, Brez was on it, okay. so good on him. I thought He's... you might have just been a bit gun-shy, I didn't trust you. Not at all, info. no, it's, it's there in, in front of me, right. perfect AFL TAS documents. So well, good on you for putting us first. Exactly, good a start. team player, as I, I told you off the top of the show this morning. Uh, so we're going to have elevated Premier Leagues, uh, basically. So there were other options considered. Uh, do you keep the TSL, do you expand the TSL? But at the end of the day, we're going to have three... Um, competitions, Premier Leagues, which will be good. The talent pathway will look like AFL, w, AFL and AFLW, obviously, then down to VFL and VFLW, the Coach Talent League, which we've got now, the under-18 boys, under-16 boys and girls, and then the under-12 to under-15 boys and girls regional academies. Yep. Uh, we're going to have uh, an all-star men and women that the Premier League players will go and play in to, to strut their stuff. Uh, they're looking at a mid-season competition, I think, but that's some of the things they're trying to, to iron out. Um, mid-season carnival, if you like, uh, between the north, northwest, and south. Um, some things being considered around that still is the timing. Do you have it mid-season? Do you have it before the season? As it open-age players, or do you have a cap on how old players can be that play in it? How do you get maximum buy-in from players um, and things Sounds like that? Very confusing. State Straight final series as well, which would be good. I'd like so that. that. So in that, terms of the TSL, though. That's split into T three. TSL will be gone, yep. and you have the three regional Premier competitions, the Premier Leagues. And I, I read somewhere that the South would have six teams. Yes. So given there's already five in the TSL, You'd who's the sixth club? And Or do the five existing TSL clubs automatically go straight into the Premier League? Oh, I think so. And then you'd maybe have a Brighton or someone like that pop and is in, that, I reckon. you apply? Your club applies. Good question. Don't and know. We'll have to get Damien Gill on from AFL Tasmania in the next week or two to try and uh, unpack it all and, and go through it because it is an exciting time. There's it obviously is. lots going on. Um, so yeah, look forward to unpacking that. Uh, let's unpack your football club, actually. Yes, and then on Saturday night, took on Geelong. I, I reckon we should get into yours. 
Firstly, the West well, Coast Eagles. Not a lot of joy oh, to talk about there. Are still a West Coast fan? I am at the moment. You're yeah. hanging in there? Hanging in there. That, and I'm not one of these people that switch it off either. I like to watch it to the end, yep. even if we're getting smacked well, like that makes one of us. <laughs> what did you say? You turned it off and watched I did. The, I the cricket the other night. I tuned in. I was that excited about the Bombers being on. Um, <laughs> tested at Geelong down at GMB EFCD Stadium. <laughs> and... I must admit, five minutes into the sh- into the game, I was like, "This is going badly," and I flicked it over and watched the the T20 in England. Five minutes, it was, it was pretty pretty electric. Five minutes yeah. for the Cats, wasn't it? So that's fair enough. They but... were unbelievable, but I, I do feel like I'm sort of treading water at the moment. I don't know what you feel like as a as a Tasmanian. I'm waiting yes. for this team, and I, I've been bombers well for a long time. I'd like to say my whole life, but that would also be a life. I've changed footy teams quite a bit over my journey. But, Have you? Well, for family reasons. My uncle was uncle Rob? Coach Fitzroy and yes. then they got flicked out of the league. I didn't go to Brisbane. Um, went to him with Adelaide. Basically, I went anywhere. I got free gear <laughs> as a kid um, and then settled back on Essendon. But, um, yeah, certainly with the team coming in, I'll be, I'll be a Tasmanian supporter. Um, what, what are you going to do? So it wouldn't off. be hard for you to be fair as the no, Eagles. Not at the moment, no. But no, how could you not? How could you not be here, living and breathing it every day, and not going for them? I think we should unpack yep. this properly one day because I think people that are, say they're going to stay with their team are kidding themselves, to be honest. Because they won't. You you, think how so. can you not get caught up in it? Like the Jack Jumpers have done to us. Would et you recommend Adam Simpson as our first coach? No. Okay, so you're off him now. No, I, I've actually been Simo's biggest Premiership defender coach. Oh, right. through this period. I think he deserves a crack at the rebuild. Um, had, How long for? Because it's two years in now, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it sucks, doesn't it? I, I'm, I don't, I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it is time. I don't know. Let's go to a couple more texts before we go to the news. Timothy, g'day, Tim and Brent. Uh, read the 5,000 people they think will travel to Taz for the footy. I'm not sure there'll be any room once members have taken their seats. Bring it on. Jera from Lindisfarne. Thank you, Jera. I completely agree with that. Absolutely. Uh, great Tell you show, what, it's a lot of plane rides, 5,000 people coming in. It is, yes. Great show, guys. All the best. Mick Shield from Lauderdale. Thank you, Mick. And enjoying the show so far, Breno and Pony. Looking forward to this every Monday and Friday with a Tassie take on things. Warney from Launceston. Good on you, Warney. Thanks for your text. If you'd like to get around us as well, 0437 552 535. 0437 we're going to get to the news on the other side of it. We're going to talk to a young gun of Tasmanian hockey, Oscar Pritchard, who was part of our success last week at the Under-18 Championships. You are with SEN Tassie Breakfast with Tim Payne and Brent Costello. Don't forget you can text us on 0437 552 I'm a North Melbourne supporter. We'll support them, but bring on a Tassie team. I'll support them also. That's from Brad. I think that's, yeah. the, that's the sentiment. It is. I think that's what everyone's saying at the moment. As I said, I just don't know if that'll last. I mean, you can have two teams, I guess. Uh, do you agree with that, Pony? You can have two teams or do you need to have one? You can't have two. You, can't, Sprint. Yeah. you can't have two teams, mate. <laughs> You've got to stick. Pick and stick. Pick and stick. Absolutely. I like it. I like it. Um, so what's on? What, what's your week look like these days, Tim? Tell us. <laughs> <laughs> so after this, well, you go do the school run because that's what we know we're on yeah, from 68. Well, school holidays oh, school at the moment. Holiday, yep. Of course it is. Uh, that's fun, isn't it? School holidays. It's always, it always a joy. It is. Um, what, what, what else are you up to? Um, very little, to be honest. Literally nothing else? No, not You're at You're always moment. hanging around over at Cricket Taz when, when I'm I have. There. I've sort of stopped doing that. I think they got sick of me wandering in. I know Don Baker, the CEO, gets sick to death and he's just <laughs> walking straight into his office. So I've given them a bit of a rest. Jeff Vaughan the same. I just stroll straight in the office and have a bit of a chat. But... No, I'm, I'm keeping busy. George Bailey and myself, Nick Rewald, have got oh, some gyms go. down here ching, as well. So, um, yeah, I try and get in there most mornings at 5 a.m. 
Um, and then obviously oh, in here Monday and Friday. So, so you want to? This is another reason. So the gym session at five, rolling here at six. No, nah, I miss <laughs> Mondays and Fridays now. Most oh, important okay. thing. I, I come right. in here. Very good. Um, Anyway, let's get to our next guest because he has joined us. It was a stunning week for our Hockey Tasmania under-18 side. They did a brilliant job, went through the entire national championships, undefeated in front of their home crowd. In fact, they didn't even fall behind on the scoreboard at any stage in any game, Pony. It was magnificent. Incredible effort. We're going to Oscar Pritchard, who's joined us on the line, who was a, a key member of our under-18 boys side. G'day, Oscar. Welcome to the show. G'day. Thanks for joining us, mate. Uh, how do you feel as you wake up on this Monday morning? You've had a bit of time to let it all sink in of what you and your team were able to achieve uh, a week or two ago. How are you feeling? Yeah, it was pretty bloody wicked to be part of it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Now, mate, um, not many. I'm, I'm sure some people will know, but your mum, Bianca, was a, a hockey room. It must be amazing for you to have someone that's sort of been through all levels of hockey around, and she must be a great inspiration for you as well. Yeah, it's always cool to look up to that and try to follow those footsteps, I suppose. Now, tell us about the tournament. As I said, Oscar, you didn't fall behind the whole time, which is, is quite remarkable, really. Not only undefeated, but no one ever got ahead of you. Uh, what, what, what made this team so special, I suppose? Um, I think it's just we had a good defensive effort as well as like our attack of effort. Like we had people that could score the goals and then also had the people that knew their role and could, could defend really well. And obviously just didn't concede many goals during the tournament and that was great just kept the scoreboard pressure and enabled us to win I suppose great team first answer wasn't it didn't yes. put himself out there at all but mate what about yourself what are your goals and um for the future and, and what how far do you hope to get with your hockey I'll just keep enjoying it I suppose it's got no real pressure to go anywhere um but just keep enjoying it and playing hard and doing what I like now, we've got the, the future squad coming out soon, Oscar, and talking to your coach, Ben Reid, last week, I think he's predicted about seven of you could be in that in a squad of 32. That's, it's quite remarkable, isn't it? Yeah, it's first, I'd imagine. It's always awesome to get in those squads with a lot of people from down here and we'll drive a bit of a training team, I suppose, maybe TIS. So it, might, it would be definitely good to the sport if, if they did get in. Mate, what was it like for you to play in front of you know nearly three thousand people? Well, I don't think that would have happened a hell of a lot at um, at your age. Yeah, it's definitely new. Um, it was awesome. I reckon it was great to have the, the home crowd, and I reckon that's definitely one of the reasons why we pulled through in that last game. I was going to say, did, did it help or did it make you nervous? Is it you know it's something that um, I know playing cricket with the first few times in front of big crowds made you extremely nervous, but um, it's amazing how once you get into a game. It sort of drowns out. Did you find that? Yeah, it was definitely nerve-wracking at the start, but um, yeah, it definitely got better as it came up, um, as the game went on, and it was it was good at the end. Well, got the dog in the background there. <laughs> He's excited. Hey, Oscar, we're excited to having you on the show, mate. Really appreciate your time this morning. It was a huge uh, week or two for for the under eighteen boys side. You're a big part of it. Thanks so much for your time and good luck for the future. Thank you. You too. That's Oscar Pritchard joining us here on SEN Tassie Breakfast. Uh, we're not too far away from going to Scott Roth, but before we do, one more text in here. Loving the new show, boys. 
Payne, have we heard yet about Brent's tears last week? Cheers, Justin from Dodgers Ferry. Well, yes, Justin, you obviously <laughs> slept in because we had a whole bloody segment devoted to that off the top of the show, which was absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Some of Tim's best work. Don't forget, you can text us as well. 0437 552535. We've got to get to a break. On the other side of it, we're going to talk to the Jack Jumpers head coach, Scott Roth, who is live in the United States of America. That's next here on SEN Tassie Breakfast with Tim Payne and Brent Costello. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania. Search Harrison Agents today. Breakfast with Tim Payne and Brent Costello. Across this beautiful state of ours, or indeed around Australia and the world, you can listen to us via the SEN app, of course. So we're doing it all thanks to our very good friends at Harrison Agents. Selling your home, contact Harrison Agents today. Pony, I'm super, super, super excited about the upcoming NBL season starting in late September, of course. This man will be two. He's about to fly back to Tasmania to begin his pre-season with the Jack Jumpers. But before he does, he joins us live from the United States. It's Jack Jumpers head coach, Scott Roth. Good morning to you or good afternoon as uh, as you are at the moment. How are you? Great. Great to hear your guys' voice. Uh, congratulations to you both. Um, TP. I hope you got a strong back because you're going to have to carry him around for a while. So, <laughs> That's exactly. I hope, uh, I hope you've been. I hope you've been running the hills, uh, Mount Wellington, or doing something. Yeah, I've tried. Heavy load. No, I just jump in behind. Brent's appointed himself captain of the show, Scotty, so he's he's in charge okay, here. Okay, well. He likes to he likes to make sure that he is ahead of everything. So that's good. <laughs> I love it to hear your voice. I think um, it is. No, it really is, and a very exciting season we've got coming up. We we can't wait for it. We haven't heard from you for a little while. We know the NBL guys got the yeah. scoop the other day with you over there at the the summer league. Yeah. But how are you feeling as you you prepare to head back to Tasmania? Yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm you know really refreshed and finally you know um, I think after the two years of being rushed home last year in between everything and, and the long delays with COVID and that be kind of back on schedule on this long break for me has really done wonders for me just mentally. And I'm excited to get back and uh, I'm sitting here in Phoenix and going to fly out about two hours to LA and then, then over to Sydney. So, uh, and then into Tassie. So I'm, I'm excited to get going. Um, I think we put a good group together again. We got really high character guys, which is my number one priority. And um, I'm excited to see this group get together and we start our mini camp, uh, with our 11 locals coming in next week. So uh, we're, we're, we're getting it going. Yeah, certainly. I know a lot of Tasmania looking forward to having you back around, Scotty. Now, after retaining Milton Doyle and bringing in a couple of new imports, um, probably reshaping the local core a little bit, how do you feel the roster's position? Can we go one or two steps further than we did in the last couple of years? Well, I think with us and for my, just the way I, I think of things, you know, um, for me, it's always about trying to represent the state and defend the island and make sure that we have high character guys coming through. And, you know, as I said uh, a couple of days ago in Las Vegas, you know, we'll get picked 10th again and, and that's fine. And, and um, we'll just go about our work and try to do what we do. And I don't really put any expectations on other than just trying to do the right thing for the state and the people that are there. Um, our players understand the culture that's been developed there the, the last two years and, uh, these guys that will come in that are new will get integrated very quickly, and um, I think it will be a smooth transition. And then, you know, there's three or four, three or four teams this year that um, have spent a great deal of money and are, are loaded uh, with a lot of talent. And, uh, you know, I'd be shocked if some of these teams lose three or four games all year, to be quite honest, how good they are on paper. And uh, we'll just have to go to battle and, and see how it all shapes out. And uh, I'm excited with the group. 
Two-part question, Coach. Before we get your take on the new imports, Jordan Crawford and Marcus Lee, how difficult yep. was the conversation with Josh Majette, who's been a massive part of this club for the first two seasons? Yep. On-court general, we know that. Uh, must be so hard yep. having those conversations. Well, it's with everyone, you know. Uh, you know, when Sam McDaniels leaves or, or Matt Kenyon or any of these guys, when you, you know, you're so early in the start of this franchise and then to be lucky enough to have a little bit of success uh, with those guys, you know, you feel very attached to them and they're great human beings. And, uh, you know, we had a tough conversation with jo- with Josh, uh, obviously, before we signed uh, Jordan and just thanked him and his family and wished them well and, and you know, recognized the fact that we would not be where we are without him the last two years and, and what he's done for this club. And um, he's a big part of what's happened here. And, and you know, again, if it was 10 or 15 years in and you're just transitioning through guys, but um, the way that this club has started off and, and the excitement it's brought and, and Josh Majet being, you know, one of the heads of the snake of it all in the beginning, um, it's always tough. And, and I think um, like anything else, you know, especially in basketball, uh, I think people get obviously very attached and rightly so to the players, but it's very transient. Staffs are moving, staffs are changing, players are going. And that's just kind of the nature of, of, of what happens here with, with basketball. And, um, we are very appreciative of Josh and, 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 and his wife and his family, and obviously his first uh, son being born Tasmanian now. And uh, it's, it's, it's one of those tough conversations you have, but he was very good and very professional as always, and um, just thanked him. Yeah, so with Josh in particular, I mean, you talk a lot sort of about character and, and the type of people you want around. He, he was certainly one of those. Interested in terms of looking at talent and then character, and, and how much time do you spend once you identify a player that fits the role? How much time do you spend on the type of person he is and what type of character he is? Yeah, you know, we spent, uh, for example, just going through our guards. We had about 12 to 15 guards that we went through from basically when the season was over until we signed Jordan, and we did a lot of due diligence, a lot of zooms. I was almost zooming every night here back in the states with two and three players a night, and just revisiting conversations and going back over it and and then doing our intel that we can get from the people that I know around the world, uh, from the NBA to Europe, and, and trying to find out about these guys. And, again, you know, I, I just can't stress enough the fact that uh, for the last two years, we've just had tremendous, tremendous guys. Um, they're good basketball players, but they're just incredible human beings. And, and that's what I want to be a part of. I want to be around those guys. I don't want to be around knuckleheads. And um, it's really important for me to make sure that we're bringing the right kind of guys into the state uh, that are going to represent and defend the island and, and do all the right things um, to establish the foundation here that hopefully will be you know there for quite a while once I'm gone. And and um, we're still young and in the infancy of what we're doing, but um, the character thing is just a huge, huge thing for me. Scott Roth, the Jack Jabbers head coach, is our guest on SEN Tassie Breakfast this morning. You can text us on 0437 Really interested, Scott, to get your thoughts on Trey Armstrong. Obviously signed on as a development player with the Jack yep. Jumpers, announced a few weeks ago that he wanted to st- yep. take some time away from basketball. Yep. Just run us through yep. that. And did you have the conversation with him as to why he wants to step away for a while? Yeah, I mean, basically he's just going on a little bit of a sabbatical once the uh, once the season's over. I think it's over this week or next weekend for them. And he's going to Europe for a few weeks with his girlfriend and travel and, and just get away. I think, um, you know, he's been on on the uh, hamster wheel for a couple of years now of obviously playing college basketball, no break coming back right away and then playing with the Thunder this year. And I think he just felt mentally that he was not ready to jump into the, the next step of his life and wanted to just, you know, pump the brakes a little bit. And uh, I think it's a great opportunity for him to go explore and, and get away from basketball. It's not a bad thing at the end of the day. And, 
Uh, we've told them all along that, you know, at any point during the season or, you know, when we go up north to start our training camp, if he wants to hop in for a couple of days, if he's around, um, well, he's definitely welcomed. And, um, yeah, I think it's just one of those things where uh, he's quite honest with himself and said, you know, I'm just not mentally ready to do it. And uh, I want to take a break and travel a little bit and good on him, actually. Yeah, absolutely. If you need a break, you need a break. Now, with the changes yeah. of roster, you know, can yep. we expect anything different from sort of a game style perspective from the Jack Jumpers this year? Well, I don't think there's going to be much difference defensively in what we do. We're just going to try yep. to attack people uh, 84 feet and get after them. I think that's kind of what we hang our hat on. Um, I think that makes us different from the other nine teams of this that kind of style of play, which I think is appreciated by the Tasmanians uh, and our fans that are there. And and offensively, you know, we've tried to add some shooting and some length with some um, some athletes, and I think we've done that a little bit uh, here and there. And uh, it all looks good on paper until you actually get on the floor and see how it comes together. But I think overall, uh, we've improved um, in a couple areas that we were trying to, which was get a little bigger, get a little bit more athletic, and hopefully improve our shooting. Yeah, and do we do we have the option of replacing Trey Armstrong? What's what happens there? Yeah, so we have a we have a player that we signed already. Um, uh, we just haven't announced. Uh, probably be in the next few days, probably this week. Just I would think now. actually. Just uh, do it now right now. Play uh, game one exclusives. Oh, can I tell you? Uh, you know, Jar will do the rest, but he's Tasmanian, so um, uh, we're excited to have him. And we've watched him for a year or two, and uh, we'll make that announcement soon, very very soon. We could speculate on that, but I won't just in case. Scott, we really appreciate your time on the show. We couldn't have our first show without having you on it, and we uh, look forward to seeing you back here in Tassie in the next couple of days. Uh, What sort of seat are you hoping for on the the Qantas plane back home to Australia? Well, if it's a middle, uh, I'm jumping. I'm not. I'm swimming across. I'm not. If I'm in a, if I'm in E, if I'm in Qantas E. It's over with. So yeah. you might I don't, think, quick, I don't think business goes to E, does it? Steve? I was about to say that too. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> really appreciate your time. Uh, we'd love to see you in the studio when you get back. Thanks so much yeah. and uh, we'll have safe travels back to Australia. Yeah. Congratulations, guys. Enjoy yourselves and I'll see you soon. Thanks, Thanks mate. Scott Roth joining us, the Jack Jumpers head coach here on SEN Tassie Breakfast. Don't forget, you can get us on the key at Tassie Open Line 1300 42 15 or also text us 0437 The texts are rolling in. Penny, we might come up and wrap up the show with a few of those. That's after this here on SEN Tassie Breakfast. Thanks to Harrison Agents. Good morning. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania. Search Harrison Agents today. Breakfast with Tim Payne and Brent Costello. Before we go, a couple of quick tests. We texts we are enjoying listening to you over here in Melbourne. Keep up the great work, Harry and Freddie. And hey, Dad, we're loving the new show from Fletchie and Lila. Thanks, kids. Oh. Uh, nice of them to tune in at home. Any questions, Brent, on the text? Or are they just uh, just shout outs at the moment? It. Yeah, we've got a few we can go through on Friday, so we'll just okay. bank them up and we'll just up. have a talk back segment. Hey, before we go to speaking of Friday's show, we want to talk about our Tassie Sports Star of the Week, which we'll talk about a bit more later <laughs> yep. in the week. We want to find these little golden nuggets out there. Uh, juniors, seniors, whatever you like, if someone's doing a female, a big job, female, exactly right. Anyone that's doing a, a fantastic job in local sport, we're going to know about it and want to know about it. So looking forward to that. Um, and the second, uh, the fourth test starts on Wednesday night, Tim. So we'll be all across that on Friday's show too, which is going to be really, really exciting. Might be a bit weary Friday morning, Brent, but we'll be in Just here power ready to on go. Through.
been a, been a good show. I think we've done okay first up. Uh, a lot of lessons learned that we can take in and uh, we'll been. have a follow-up meeting after this, but I think we've been okay. Not a bad start. Not a bad start. Hope you enjoy your day, whatever you're up to. It's a nice day right across the state. The sun is rising here in Salamanca. We'll catch you Friday morning for more SEN Tassie Breakfast with Tim Payne and Brent Costello.